I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to Episode 108 of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, your host. I want to share some words with you that originated 57 years ago. It was 57 years ago that President John F. Kennedy, just months before he would lose his own life, he declared today, May 15th, to be Peace Officers Memorial Day and this week to be Police Week. He proclaimed that whereas, from the beginning of this nation, Law enforcement officers have played an important role in safeguarding the rights and freedoms which are guaranteed by the Constitution and in protecting the lives and property of our citizens. And whereas, through constant application of new procedures and techniques, such officers are becoming more efficient in their enforcement of our laws, and whereas it is important that our people know and understand the problems, duties, and responsibilities of their police departments and the necessity for cooperating with them in maintaining law and order, and whereas it is fitting and proper that we express our gratitude for the dedicated service and courageous deeds of law enforcement officers and for the contributions they have made to the security and well-being for all our people, now, therefore, I... John F. Kennedy, President of the United States of America, do hereby designate May 15, 1963 and May 15 of each succeeding year as Peace Officers Memorial Day in honor of those peace officers who, through their courageous deeds, have lost their lives or have become disabled in the performance of duty. As I said, not long after this proclamation, was handed down by John F. Kennedy, he would lose his own life. But so it has been that every May 15th, from 1963 until today, that we on this day have honored those law enforcement officers, those peace officers, who have either lost their lives or become disabled in the performance of their duty. I want to read a few names. I'm going to go back about 10 years. I'm going to read you the names of some of those Utahns engaged in law enforcement who have lost their lives during the course of duty. From the Millard County Sheriff's Office, Josie Greathouse Fox. From the Kane County Sheriff's Office, Deputy Sheriff Brian Bruce Harris. From Ogden Police Department, Agent Jared Daniel Frankham. And from the Draper Police Department, Sergeant Derek Ray Johnson. Utah County Sheriff's Office, Sergeant Corey Blake Ride. Unified Fire Department of Greater Salt Lake City, Police Officer Douglas Scott Barney II. 
and from the Provo Police Department, Master Police Officer Joseph William Shinners. Those are some of the Utah law enforcement officers and sheriff's deputies, peace officers generally, who have lost their lives in the course of duty here in the state of Utah. And today we honor them. You'll notice if you look outside under orders of Governor Gary Herbert, flags are flying low in honor of the peace officers who have lost their lives or become disabled in the performance of their duty. Something interesting has happened in the past few months. There's a new category of threats, or there's a new category of threat, I should say, singular, facing the law enforcement officers around our nation. I stumbled into this information and it broke my heart this morning. In early 2020, thousands of law enforcement officers and other first responders throughout the country contracted COVID-19 during this worldwide pandemic due to the requirements of their job. And since then, many have lost their lives. Many of the law enforcement officers around the country who have in the line of duty come in contact, contracted the coronavirus, have lost their lives as a result. And so it is that in 2020, we will forever look back on this unfortunate blip in the data where this unforeseen and unexpected threat presented itself and took the lives of so many fallen officers. I live vicariously through a number of uh, my own family members. I've shared this story a number of times with uh, Chris Stewart, uh, who was a pilot in the Air Force. I tell him that one of the few regrets I have in life, I don't have many, but one of the regrets I have in life is never having joined the military. I wish I could go back in time and do that. I wish I could be part of that uh, brotherhood. Those individuals, those brave men and women who have put on the uniform to defend this nation and her ideals and her freedoms. I have the same regret when it comes to law enforcement. I wish that I could go back in time and live a season as a police officer. I so admire men and women in uniform. And I mentioned I live vicariously. So many members of my family are in the military. And right now, I have a brother-in-law, in fact, who, in the South, is making his way through the police academy. He's going to be protecting his community, providing for his family through this noble profession. In fact, it occurred to me this morning that I'm, in fact, named after a law enforcement officer. My full name is Alan Lee Lonsberry III. Alan Lee Lonsberry III. I, I don't go by Alan because <laughs> my mom wasn't a big fan of Alan, and the deal she struck with my dad was, okay, fine, we can name him Alan Lee Lonsberry if we call him Lee. So that's what brings uh, you to know me by my middle name, Lee. I am Alan Lee Lonsberry III. Alan Lee Lonsberry I was a New York State trooper. There's a funny family story that goes around about how he was too short to make the, the qualifications to become a state trooper. And he got it in his head that you are just an inch or so taller in the morning. So on the day of his physical assessment, he woke up in the morning. He didn't stand up, but had his family carry him to the trooper barracks, laying flat on a mattress so that he could stand up very quickly and be measured. 
That's one little story in the long career uh, that he gave in service uh, in the field of law enforcement. I so admire those who have put on the uniform and serve as peace officers. And today we honor them. We heard the proclamation from 1963 as it was handed down from President John F. Kennedy. And those words remain true today. So if you have a moment... When you're making your way around town today, I know that there are pressures of the coronavirus. I know that our lives are greatly disrupted right now. But take a moment. If you see a flag flying at half-staff, know that it is in honor of the men and women of law enforcement who have either lost their lives or become disabled in the performance of their duty. They keep you safe. They stand ready to, at a moment's notice, come to your aid when you are in the most need. When you are having your worst day and you need help, those are the men and women who show up to help you. They are quite literally a phone call away, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's the least that you and I can do uh, is to bow our heads and honor them. Remember their sacrifice. Remember what they are willing to do each day as they put on the uniform. And that's how we'll honor them. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. We'll be speaking to Ryan Carver. He is with the Utah State Fraternal Order of Police. I've done a lot of talking. Let's hear what the police have to say. Ryan Carver, my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry, episode number 108 today. Today is a special day, May 15th. You may have noticed the flags are flying lower than usual. That is under orders by the governor of this great state, Gary Herbert, in honor of those men and women in law enforcement who have lost their lives or become disabled in the line of duty. Today is Peace Officers Memorial Day. You heard a little bit of history of this day, how it came to be after that proclamation handed down by President John F. Kennedy some 57 years ago, way back in 1963. I've read about that year. Uh, It was an interesting one. Uh, Well, I now want to talk to uh, someone in the know. Joining me on the line, a police officer himself, is Ryan Carver with the uh, Utah State Fraternal Order of Police. Sir, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Tell me about your organization first before we go forward. What is the the Fraternal Order of Police? So the Fraternal Order of Police is an organization made up of the various different law enforcement officers in the various different agencies, both state and uh, county and local to include uh, corrections agencies. And basically what it does is it helps work through um, legislative issues, helps do community involvement programs, and it helps to formulate agendas that get put before the legislature to assist law enforcement officers in being able to do their jobs 
and being able to keep communities safe. It also represents law enforcement officers on the federal level with the national FOP in any type of bills and things of that nature that come before various state or federal legislatures. In this day and this week, is supported by the Fraternal Order of Police. What does Peace Officers Memorial Day uh, mean to the order? You know, for law enforcement officers, this is a, a day that uh, kind of ha- it can affect officers in a lot of different ways. Um, I, I think it would be you'd be hard pressed to find an officer who doesn't know somebody that has lost their life in the line of duty. And for law enforcement officers, firefighters, first responders. It's about service, and it's about standing up for your communities and trying to make sure that people can go about their daily lives being safe. And that's not always easy, and it's not always uh, the popular thing, but it definitely is something that needs to be done. And when you're talking about remembering officers who've fallen in the line of duty, you're talking about remembering friends. You're talking about remembering comrades and and fellow citizens that gave the last full measure uh, for their communities. Sometimes can be a raw thing, but it is something that uh, is a yearly reminder of why we wear the badge and why we do the things that we do. Speaking to Ryan Carver with the Utah State Fraternal Order of Police, a police officer himself, why did you become a police officer? I actually had uh, always wanted to be a police officer. Um, I served in the military uh, for a little over a decade, and uh, it was something that kept me in the camaraderie. It kept me in the line of service. Um, I've always been dedicated in one way or another to helping my community and to working towards fixing problems. And being a police officer, you are out there every day. You're making contacts. Whether they're good or bad, you're still out there doing what you can to give people a new chance for people that are having a hard time and to protect those who have been made a victim of somebody else's actions. It's a really honorable job. It's not always popular, but it is definitely one of the few jobs out there when you go home every day. If you make it home and you're safe, you can look yourself in the mirror and say that today I did something to help someone else. There are a number of, uh, say, high school seniors or folks who are uh, looking towards the next step in their life who may have a a career in law enforcement as one of the paths they are considering. What advice would you give to those folks considering a career in law enforcement? I would tell them the biggest thing that you can do is keep your nose clean. The biggest thing that you can do for law enforcement, for a career in law enforcement, unlike some other uh, job and career path, when you're a police officer, you are a police officer 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, Whenever something goes wrong, whether you're on duty or off duty, it doesn't matter. You're still held to a higher standard. And so you want to make sure you've met that standard when you enter the process of attempting to become a police officer. If you're a high school student, you can contact your local agency to see if they have a, a like a basically a reserve program or a cadet program that will help you get more involved in the process and so that you have a better resume when you come before uh, the hiring process. Um, the other thing you want to do is, is you want to make sure that you understand what you're getting into and that you have some understanding of background. So taking law enforcement classes, either in school uh, or in high school, they have some in various high schools, is a good way to prepare for the career. But if you're civic-minded and you're interested in helping people, that's the basic, that's the cornerstone of any police officer's uh, existence. 
Describe for me, please, the type of person that makes the cut. Who is it who is able to emerge successful through the various academies and trainings and ultimately uh, earn the ability to wear the badge? You know, it's, it's, there's a huge wide variety of people that, that qualify for being a police officer. Um, oftentimes the issue is openings. Um, but most of the time, the people that really make the cut are the ones who have a broad uh, involvement with various cultures, have, you know, they've done well in school, their grades, and they've had civic-minded programs. They've been involved in, you know, things like uh, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, various other different uh, programs that teach responsibility and accountability. People who demonstrate accountability and responsibility usually do really well in the process because as a police officer, you need to recognize that higher standard. And citizens are, they expect more of their police officers. And when a police officer makes a mistake, he should be held more accountable because he knows better. And so if you are working and you have shown a lot of responsibility, a lot of accountability, those are traits that get you a long way in the process. We're speaking with Ryan Carver with the Utah State Fraternal Order of Police on the occasion of today, May 15th, Peace Officers Memorial Day. Before I let you go, I have one last question. It has to do with this coronavirus. Uh, I have been touching base with various departments around the country, and it has uh, become a sad reality that a number of officers and sheriff's deputies and uh, peace officers of many stripe have fallen victim and lost their lives to the coronavirus. How are, spirit, how are spirits uh, facing this new threat, and what does it mean to law enforcement? You know, it, it is very taxing in that... Um it's kind of funny. Sometimes there's a joke in law enforcement that cops resist change. And it has really thrown the system for a loop in how we operate day to day. But through the efforts of the chiefs and, you know, the chiefs association, the various different command level sergeants, we have been able to, like always, step up to the plate and say, okay, these, these changes are here. And we don't always necessarily understand why a certain change is put out. But if you have faith in your chain of command and you have faith in what you're trying to accomplish, uh, 90% of law enforcement is regardless of what the circumstances are, you still show up and you still step up to the plate. Whatever problems present themselves then, we just get good at thinking on our feet and moving around and adjusting ourselves to where we can still be effective doing our job regardless of what the circumstances are. But mainly it's been an effort on all levels of all departments everywhere to accept the change that's coming out and realize the reasons for it. And the goal is to be able to be healthy and not cause a citizen you're there to help to become a victim of COVID-19 because you cause something of that nature. So the various different health standards and the various different things that our chiefs have asked us to do have been important for that purpose. We're there to help, not to inform. Ryan Carver with the Utah State Fraternal Order of Police has been my guest. Ryan, I'm grateful to you for your time. Thank you for your service, and thank you, please, to all those with whom you stand side by side in protecting us and making sure that we are taken care of. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, you do the same. We're going to take a quick break here, get a little bit of news. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a letter sent by the FTC to doTERRA. has to do with the coronavirus. I'll give you the details next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.